Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Weekly Economic and Market Commentary, a podcast about markets, investing, politics, and profit. Each Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills all the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb. Good morning, it's Herb Morgan. Uh, Tuesday, December 26, 2023, uh, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Cantor Managed ETF Portfolios. This is my weekly economic and market commentary. As a reminder, you can follow me intraweek on uh, X or Twitter, that's at ETF underscore strategist, or on LinkedIn, just Herb Morgan. If anything comes up, we don't post every week or uh, every day there. This presentation has been prepared by Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors LP for use with investors and financial advisors who are each expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. This is purely for informational purposes only. Well, we're just about down to the end of the week. We have this week, the last trading week of 2023, and what an incredible year it's been. If you would have asked me, you know, at the beginning of the year, if we're going to have all these interest rate hikes, uh, we have inflation starting out at the beginning of the year, would we get a positive return, um, you know, on 20-year treasuries? The answer I would have said, I would have bet a lot. You know, I would have said, no, that's not possible. But it's been quite a round trip. Uh, as the interest rate on the 10-year got to 5% briefly for about a cup of coffee and came all the way back down and sits at 3.9% today. So uh, as a money manager, we've made some tactical moves in, within the fixed income portfolio this year and another one last week, you'll notice in your accounts, um, and uh, some equity moves this year. As normal, we're not uh, an overly aggressive trading manager. Uh, but we feel really good about the results. We hope that you do uh, as well. S&P 500 up about three quarters of a percent last week. And this new trend, the last, what, maybe two, three, four weeks, where the smaller cap stocks have outperformed what's been leading all year. You know, we had 20 plus percent returns in the S&P 500, and we were in low single digits in mid and small cap stocks, even negative small cap stocks for a while. And they have caught up a lot since that market bottom on October 27th. In fact, uh, in recent weeks, they have significantly outperformed. The only thing that continues to lag this year is uh, emerging markets. And, uh, you know, despite a lot of fundamental reforms and changes and things happening the way we predicted uh, in China, which is the leading and largest emerging market, uh, the, you know, the positive returns are great. But uh, 6.7 is not 25.8. I still am of the belief that once the market gets sort of uh, beyond uh, the troubles in China, the property sector, the regulatory nature of things, and sees um, that the Chinese government is taking steps to modernize and marketize different aspects of the economy, uh, I think when the valuations become apparent, uh, there's always that potential for a very large outsized move um, in China in particular and emerging markets in general. Fixed income was a pretty good week with the exception of the long-dated treasury, big deal, down about 0.7%. Uh, 
um, for the year. Let's get into the economic data last week, and there was plenty of it as the market continues to just, frankly, perform well. Uh, the nation's home builders are still hurting more than anybody as a result of the higher interest rates. Uh, the sentiment index as measured by the NAHB, anything above 50 is positive sentiment, anything below 50 is negative sentiment, and you can see it's been significantly negative for some time. Rose a little from 34 to 37 right along uh, and in line with uh, expectations. But what, what's more important in the month of December is what's happened to interest rates, because in the end, interest rates, mortgage rates, will help um, or hurt uh, the housing market, the National Association of Home Builders Sentiment Index. And we've gone from October 25th, which is since it, which is two days before the market bottomed, 809 on the bank rate 30-year mortgage, to 701 by December 22nd. That is quite a move indeed. You have to go all the way back to June to get to seven. Um, and of course, for those of you that are much younger than I, you think 701 still seems pretty high. Um, but if you're a little on the older side like me, then 701 doesn't seem so high because we have other memories of much higher interest rates. And certainly the trend is in the right direction. The futures market's predicting additional uh, Fed funds cuts next year, which would likely lead to mortgage rate uh, reductions as well. Uh, and don't forget, there's still those adjustable rate mortgages that would allow people to get into homes and then refinance later if the 30-year mortgages uh, came back down significantly. Staying on the theme of housing, housing starts surprisingly jumped 14.8%. Uh, the estimate was for a minus 0.9, not equals 0.9. I see the typo there. Single family starts rose 18%. Multifamily starts up. So it was a really big month for housing starts and permits. Uh, existing home sales continued to languish, although they were up. Uh, the estimate was to be down three tenths. They were up eight tenths. But you can see uh, the number of annualized units here remains very low, sub four million. That's that's down from the six and a half million when interest rates were essentially zero. Um, and uh, that's we expect that to come back up now that interest rates are coming down. Same with new home sales. You can see they were at a pace of about a million. That pace is below 600,000. They dropped 12.2% in the month of November on top of a decline in October. Again, though, both of those numbers are going to bottom out if interest rates have bottomed out, as I believe they have, and as they start to come down further in 2024. Consumer confidence picked up, uh, spiked up, actually, in December from 101.0 to 110.7, well above the 104.5 estimate. Why? Well, without question, it's gasoline prices. Gasoline prices have an outsized impact on uh, consumer sentiment and our psyche. It's something we see. We do it every you know week or so, and gasoline prices have come down really substantially. Uh, not so much, not as much here in California. They're still very high, and particularly where I am in San Diego County. Uh, but uh, for the rest of you folks, um, you know, high twos, low threes uh, is a welcome relief, and that gives more disposable income uh, to do other things in the economy. And the thing that's going to give this Federal Reserve Board and the last two administrations credit, I guess, um, in the in the national eye 
is that the labor market has been very, very strong. Um, you know, go back to your textbook, go back to history, but having uh, interest rate hike after interest rate hike after interest rate hike, throw in bank failures, significant slowdown in uh, manufacturing, and not seeing job losses. Weekly initial claims for unemployment essentially are hovering in the low 200,000s. That represents a very strong labor market, which translates to a very strong consumer. You really just can't have a recession if you don't have job losses. And so as we go back and look at the history of the essentially the reopening after COVID, the massive demand that it was pent up and the artificial demand created by the monetary and fiscal stimulus, we're going to have essentially um, rewriting of the economic playbook for the Federal Reserve. The size and scope of the stimulus had never even been considered before, let alone implemented. And we did essentially get through the reopening um, without much of a problem. Now, the inflation, I think a lot of people claim, was a pretty significant problem. But here we are with another strong jobs market. This adds to the argument that uh, we will have a very soft landing in 2024. But as you'll see as I progress today, there are some things that are slowing down um, considerably. And so we have to be aware of that and uh, figure that there is still a chance of a recession in 2024. Uh, I would say it would be in the second half, which would be about a year and a half after I thought it would be. I thought we'd have the recession at the end of the first quarter of 23. It's clearly wrong in that analysis. Uh, but we move on. Speaking of uh, recession, GDP number for the third quarter was revised lower. That 5.2% number was incredibly high, and so was 4.9, the number it was revised down to. It was all because personal consumption was re revised from 3.6 to 3.1. That's fine. That's still a very strong consumer. But as we look at the estimates for GDP, these are quarterly annualized numbers. You can see in the second quarter, we get down sub two, second quarter of next year. Third quarter, we get down sub one, and we stay there in the fourth quarter. So despite um, things looking good and high GDP print from last week for the third quarter, um, and if you were to back out massive increases in government spending that are expected in 2024, you can see that the economy is slowing and slowing substantially but now the Federal Reserve has tools, and those tools are the Fed funds rate primarily, uh, the balance sheet runoff, which they could decelerate or cease temporarily. Uh, they could cut interest rates, and that's put all of that together, and you got a lot of folks calling for that uh, soft landing. And in outside of the consumer and outside of uh, services, the manufacturing side of our economy, um, things are slowing pretty substantially. This is the Philly Fed regional survey. Uh, the outlook, the business outlook fell from minus 5.9 to minus 10.5, significantly below the estimate of minus um, 3.0. So that's a negative that could call for some slowing. Uh, personal income and spending, however, told a different story. When you don't have job losses, income doesn't go down. If income doesn't go down, consumption doesn't go down. And if consumption doesn't go down, you don't get a recession. Personal income rose four tenths of a percent, right along uh, with expectations, and personal spending was up two, two tenths of a percent, a little, little bit below. 
expectations. The other reason folks are beginning to bet very heavily that the Fed can cut interest rates in 2024 is that the Fed's measure of inflation, the gauge that the Federal Reserve uses to determine whether or not it's meeting its statutory mandate. Remember, they have three mandates. Lender of last resort, that's not an issue right now. Banks aren't failing. Number two, price stability. Directionally, prices, as measured by the core PCE, are going towards their target of 2%. And finally, um, uh, uh, labor, labor market, um, full employment. So they have the full employment. And now you can see the inflation data going right in line the way it should. PCE price index was expected to be flat. It was down one-tenth of a percent. Expected to be up 2.8% year-over-year, it was 26 that's better than expected. Core, the one that matters most, was up one-tenth instead of two-tenths, that's the red. And year-over-year went to 3.2 instead of the estimate of 3.3. Now, it hasn't hit their target. Their target is down here at two, but you can see we're getting awfully close. Will they raise rate? Or excuse me, will they cut rates before they get to 2%? highly unlikely. Will they cut rates the day they hit 2%? Also highly unlikely. I think we need a couple months below. Therefore, if I had to bet, and I wouldn't be a better on this, but if I had to, I would probably bet that there gets to be a lot of debate in 2024 as inflation continues to moderate. When's the Fed going to cut? When's the Fed going to cut? I think they're going to hang on and hold out for a brief period of time. We won't see those rate cuts as early as the markets are predicting, but we will see them later in 2024. Durable goods orders up 5.4%. That's a volatile series, so a big up or a big down there is not quite as important. Uh, if you see a big trend, number of months in a row of down, that could signal recession. We don't see that here. Consumer sentiment from the University of Michigan for December was um, was uh, 69.7. That was well above 61.3 in the prior month. It still remains low. It's just better because essentially inflation has gotten a little better. Jobs are okay. Gas prices being a big component of that. This week, no data yesterday. It was Christmas. Today, Tuesday, we've got FHFA, um, FHFA house prices and Case-Shiller house prices. Thursday, jobless claims, pending home sales, and the Chicago PMI on Friday. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. Don't forget, you can listen to us as a podcast in addition to in this location, and I will be back to you again in one week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, please visit www.efficient-portfolios.com, where you can subscribe to the weekly commentary podcast in all the usual ways. And if you wouldn't mind, please rate us in iTunes and tell a friend.